0: Hey, welcome to our video channel where we are doing investigations into scripture. This is our episode number one, our initiation into this, so it may be a little bit rusty in getting started. So my name is Mike and I am not a, an official scholar, but I'm trying to present new ideas on understanding of a few books of the Bible. And Want to share those with people a little bit early before hopefully publishing some stuff. And we also have Darnell here if he wants to do a little introduction.
1: Okay. So
0: Yeah, so we come from pretty standard Christian backgrounds. I've been a Southern Baptist. I'm currently in a Reformed church, and my doctrine is sort of in between stuff. I'm not dedicated to anything particular, uh, any strict theology. I think Darnell is a little bit similar. Yeah, I come from a dispensational background. Most of my uh, background,
1: old, uh, being raised in a Baptist church, um, I remember being baptized when I was like six, I've been baptized twice, uh, you know, once a year in California, then moved to Texas, I got baptized there, so uh, at a Baptist church, and so, you know, most of most of my life has been Baptist churches, uh, with, a, with a brief stay in a Pentecostal church. Basically, uh, come from a dispensational point of view that there have been times, times in the Bible for it. the law to take place, times in the Bible for uh, grace, and later on there's going to be a time for prophecy to come back. You know, it's like basic, three basic divisions uh, between law, prophecy, grace, after prophecy, and which is uh, kind of the basis or belief for those churches. Any Protestant churches, or at least the Baptist and Protestant churches, that there will be a rapture, that there will be a time of tribulation, uh, a seven-year period of tribulation based on uh, Daniel 9, 24-27, and we're not going to talk about the dispensational point of view, but that's my
0: background. Yeah, so, yeah, we both have a variety of background, and And that may come into play, and we'll discuss certain things at certain times, as we feel led to do. So we're starting off today with Galatians 2, verses 1 through 10. And this is where Paul has gone to Jerusalem and met with leaders there. We were going to do something more complicated, and we decided this is the easier place to start. Nothing too confusing, nothing too involving a lot of intricate details of Galatians. So the basic situation was, Paul started a church in Galatia, which was a politically defined region of the Roman Empire. Soon afterwards, agitators shared a gospel different from what Paul originally preached. Their gospel promoted circumcision as a requirement. And this went against Paul's original gospel. And now he's trying to steer the Galatians away from following this destructive gospel. From that, Paul goes into an autobiography, his story of the origination of his gospel, of his travels, and his encounters with the Jerusalem leaders. And we are looking at the second of these three encounters described in Galatians between Paul and James and Peter. So one thing we will see in Galatians Uh, There's just kind of this adjustment going on between Jews and Gentiles uh, into this new situation where Gentiles are meeting with Jews. There's a lot of conflicts, there's a lot of decision-making that has to go on at that time. Are there any uh, opening, anything you'd like to add to that?
1: Yeah, that's what we were talking about uh, last night. come talk about that. Uh starting our conversation on the two uh understandable
0: I hope you just a little bit about the Galatian church. Uh this is sudden Galatian concept of how the where the church was started and there's a northern one. Um we'll be speaking from the southern one that was easier access from where Paul was, from Jerusalem, from Antioch. And that's most popular these days and I think makes a lot of sense. And that's my thing too, I thought
1: Galatia was a, a town. To get that out, so I make sure I have a proper as well, because I, I I thought it
0: was a town. Right, it's it was a political region identified by the Roman Empire. Uh, sort of an interesting aspect is Galatians is named after Gaul, which was the term for the Celtics, which came all the way from Europe down into the Turkish area. This is
1: about, uh...
0: Right, it was they were conquering territories. the Celts were and they made their way all the way across Europe down this. I'm not the best at geography and such and world history and I, yeah, was, you know hopefully. Yeah, th- yeah, I think so. I have not yeah, yeah like I said in geography. Uh I, I think I'm pretty sure they're
1: of their town, they're all in Asia minor.
0: And just a little information is the Galatia covered territory that's roughly like what we would call Southern California. They're about the same size. Okay. Just yeah. So the church churches, is actually several church locations, maybe different cities and things that Paul went to to reach, or what was called the Galatian churches. So it's several locations. It's not just a city. It's not just, you know, it might be towns. I, I've not checked the distance. You know, it might be towns 10 miles apart or something like that. And that would be an interesting thing to check. Um, yeah, at least right
1: now. Um uh, a little tangential we're here just talking. Um yeah, I'm looking at the map now and I'm seeing southern Galatia.
0: Maybe a little bit of the situation of a church being, or churches being started in San Diego and Carlsbad and Escondido, I forget, some places down south in San Diego, and then having nothing to do with places in Malibu or Ventura. And it it was difficult, it was difficult to get from the south to the north Galatia directly, you had to go a really circuitous route. Yeah, I I did not check how difficult it is, but it could be interesting for another time. So, the event we're looking at, I call it a Jerusalem dialogue. Some people see it as an official meeting and we'll be discussing that shortly. So, the passage We're looking at Galatians 2, 1 through 10. It reads this way. Then after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain but even Titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised though he was a greek yet because of false brethren secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery to them we did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you and from those who seem to be influential what they And when James and Cephas and John who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was brought to me they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the uh, to the circumcised only they asked us to remember the poor the very thing I was eager to do so if, go ahead your position of 14 years this is some arbitrary span of time I mean again
1: that's a, a trivial point does not you know as
0: It was circumstances, you know, we don't know all, all that Paul was doing during these fourteen years. He was I always thought he was studying the scripture and re-understanding what he had understood before as a Pharisee and now was looking at how the Gentiles fit in and how his own people fit in into the new situation. So 14 years appears to be the time from his Damascus conversion, encounter with Christ, till the time he went to Jerusalem. And the way they count years, uh, it could be from 12 years effectively to 14. So if someone was born in 2001 in December, and then they go to an event and January 2nd, 2014, they might say 14 years because it was across 14 separate years, even though you only had 12 years plus four days or something. So that's how I understand it. Is It was. Also too, I mean, that makes sense because we're talking about the 14
1: years, because like, uh, Paul is writing back to the Galatians. Uh, how
0: Uh, the second time he meets Peter is before his missionary trip. It's before the first missionary trip. Right. right. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I think yeah, to
1: get off track. He's talking, he's already gone to Galatia, that's why he's right. And he, he's actually.
0: right. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Huh. yeah he, he wants to make sure they know everywhere he's been and what he's done. So let me see. Anyhow, we have in Galatians 2, the early verses, is he's in Jerusalem and he says he's come by revelation. He really seems to be saying you know, I wasn't summoned to Jerusalem. I came to share my gospel with those in Jerusalem so we can make sure we're on the same track. We're, you know, in unity on what I'm doing. Right. Well I look uh, back at the Acts of eleven, you know, to listeners. But I think he's explaining why he went to Jerusalem at this time. Agabus, so Agabus had this revelation of the famine, so sent Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem. So it seems that those two events tie together. So. In- I think that's a discussion for chapter one. Is uh, why he talks about the revelation at that time. We should come back to that at some point. So, so he was saying he, he wanted to make sure he had not run in vain. And there's no my, my point that I like to emphasize is that he not he did not have a conflict with anyone. He came on his own volition. And then he met with, he de-emphasizes the people he met with originally, and the reason seems to be is he's not trying to get, he's not trying to get a stamp of approval, he's just trying to get kind of a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a good way to put that, because you know this was about unity, even though Paul
1: later said, I mean, originally said that you have the gospel of grace for guilty
0: Right, and that what Paul does with the Gentiles is not going to make, you know, people in Jerusalem upset, the leaders. But a lot of interpretations of this meeting or this dialogue was that there was a conflict and that James and Peter would be taking a whole different side against Paul. I think that's residual from just like 140 years ago from the F.C. Bauer. School of the, Tubingen, I should have looked at the pronunciation, Tubingen School of Theology. And that gets into conflict resolution, into a synthesized solution. And that was just kind of a popular hist- historical way of looking at things at that time. Yeah, I and mean,
1: from a sensational standpoint. And again, be well, Uh, and also a truth point. But in this particular point of view, as
0: Yeah, there, there's a lot of interesting discussion that can be made on what the Jews should follow or what they either should follow or what they're allowed to follow differently from the gospel Paul preached. Yeah. Um, that's why
1: Pharisees in season, Acts 15 said, Okay, we got you on this grace message and
0: whatnot. People coming to Christ and people being saved, but you also have to be circumcised. You have to call them law." And that's part of the, the stuff that was having to be worked out, and we see a little bit of the working out of the conflicts between Jews and Gentiles as Christians. We we see that being worked out here, a little bit here in Galatians two one through ten, uh, more so in the second half of Galatians two. Um, but this shows there's no conflict, even though a lot of people have seen, a lot of scholars and commentaries have seen a conflict here. So I'm trying to point out a little bit bit different from that common understanding. And one interesting thing here is that I like to highlight is Galatians 2, 2 verse 2 talks about a meeting with these people who seemed influential, seemed to be something, but they weren't. And that could go directly to verse 6 that says, and from those who seem to be influential, um, they added nothing to me. Um, and they did not change Paul's gospel. They didn't, you know, tell him, stop doing this or start doing this. Uh, and the other thing interesting here is we skip three verses in doing this. So the three verses are like, parenthetical they don't apply to the meeting as my sort of a new proposal that's not been common in the scholarly world. So, but before going on to that is, uh, yeah, I, I said the, he, they added nothing new to his gospel. Um, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, and you know, and sometimes though James is treated as an like an enemy, an opponent of Paul. And when I look at well, like Acts fifteen, James doesn't conflict with what Paul's doing. Instead, James um, so Acts fifteen is after Pharisees or after some people went and said Gentiles need to be circumcised and then the meeting was convened and this is described more as a meeting and Pharisees said, um, you know, circumcision is needed and James said, now how about this? How about we just make sure that Gentiles don't do any worship of idols, they don't do They curtailed their diet a little bit, but not a full Jewish diet. And this was to settle the disputes between the Jews and the Gentiles. Um, So James was conciliatory. He was reconciling differences between Jews and Gentile followers of Christ. Because
1: then there's another case James's letter was specifically and only to the Jewish people, I you think, know, the book of James, and that it was totally different from Paul's ministry of grace.
0: Um, well you know, one of the one of the takes on that is that James 2,
1: 4, I think, where it says, you justified, you're justified by
0: Well, I, mean, I think those can. I think those can be reconciled. I think it's just a different situation that uh, James is addressing. Um, so, you know, that's a, another topic. Being sort of a, a
1: semi-advocate to the dispensationalists, and who also say, "Well, no, those books are for what's going to take place in the seven-year period. You're going to be justified by faith in your words. You're going to have." salvation
0: Is saying is
1: completely separate from what Paul is saying. That's right. Your point of view. Right. Yeah,
0: and there's. Again, a lot of doctors don't say anything but. And, and the, the thing is, here in this Galatians 2 passage, we don't see, we don't see Paul saying anything against James. Paul, yeah. everything is peaceful here. Yeah, everything's up. That's up. Yeah. Now, they go off with the the verse 7 is they go with the gentleman's handshake and say you know okay peter is for this circumcised paul is for the uncircumcised i don't think that's a negotiation i think it's just you know okay we have different things we're doing god's called us for different purposes
1: Going in two different uh, directions it doesn't necessarily mean conflict or separation. They're all brothers. They either acknowledges Paul in his letters, well, at least second Peter at the end. Um, but yeah, they're they coming to unity, coming
0: to terms. And that's pretty much where the, the end of the passage goes. Um, now, I skipped, and we skipped uh, verses 3 through 5. And that's where Paul brought Titus along with him, who was a Greek, not a Jew, and an event happened while Paul was in Jerusalem with Barnabas and Titus, and meeting with James and uh, Peter. One thing to note is Paul speaks of Peter as Cephas, it's pretty well recognized. That's just the same name, same person. This be Hebrew, or? Yeah, seafish should be the Hebrew. We're not always. I'm not going to be the expert on every little term and thing. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> you know, like basically, basically making the case over 710 pages and this linguistic scholar
0: that the origins
1: of the Greek language comes from Hebrew.
0: Uh-huh. pretty uh, interesting subjects. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting things, you know, where there might be Hebrew influence in different places, in different times. Now, in Galatians 2 verses 3-5, through 5, said, Peter who was with me was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brethren secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom, um, we did not yield to them in submission, even for a moment, so the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. I skipped part of the verse. Uh, now, people treat that sometimes like James and Peter have snuck in people to test Paul's resolve and that's what I was sort of complaining against is there's no indication that there's a conflict between James and Peter and Paul um, and what I not, not even uh-
1: Dispensational circle guy I've never heard of this conflict. So this, this F C bar guy, you know, kind of uh, left field, there's no conflict. At at worst, I guess, would be the whole thing with separation. So they're unified, but they understand, oh, okay, I got I I got different energy. Like if you wanna take the case there's Lutherans and there's Episcopal. That's
0: Um, but yeah, this is you know an attempt to circumcise Titus. and I think it was just something that happened while Titus was there. It was not the leaders, Jerusalem leaders had nothing to do with this uh, it, the the false brethren, some people think Paul is just speaking bad of other Christians. I think Paul is speaking accurately and saying, hey, there were people that were not Christians at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was people who thought, you know, hey, there's a Gentile, let's get him circumcised. And I don't even think it had anything to do with Paul and it may not have even had to do with Christianity, with the Christ's gospel. Um, they may have just seen an opportunity to get a Gentile circumcised. This is probably in the context of Paul, um, but.
1: Probably the people are following the law of Moses and they didn't know about this new
0: reason. Well, I don't even think it was Christians. I mean, they yeah. they're snuck into this, snuck into the church. Yeah. They pretended to be Christians, but they had no intention of following Christ, following the gospel. And so, to me, to me, this had nothing to do with the, the discussions Paul was having with the leaders. But most scholars, most scholars think that it influenced the discussion and that circumcision was part of a decision explicit. Um, but it, it's 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 common, it's you know, and a deeper discussion is worth investigating and talking about. Um, so uh, those are some of the main points. I haven't been following my notes. Um, so reading verse five again: uh, To whom uh, we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, but that the
1: might continue with you. So they entertain them, but we can tear
0: Yeah, the the interesting thing there is, if these aren't Christians, and it's not influencing the dialogue with Peter and James then the only thing that's left is if they got Titus circumcised then the rumors could go out everywhere saying, well, you know, Paul let us circumcise Titus and so you, know, you should circumcise Gentiles that are following the gospel. And so that's the only influence I see happening if Titus had gotten circumcised. Um you know, normally it should have been oops <laughs> oops didn't mean for this to happen, but the rumors could make it spread and be a bad thing against the gospel yeah. Get out of hand. so I think then the the, the purpose of the meeting the, that Paul mentions it is some people think that Paul was setting the foundation for discussing what comes next in Galatians is the Antioch incident. And they many people say Peter and James went against the agreement. Um, I suggest that Paul was just showing the times he's been in Jerusalem and that it's not been a big meeting, it's not been a big decisions on something. It's just let's let's share and be friends. Yeah. Yeah, i back and you know what going on kind of thing. Yeah, so I, certain things I've said have been preparation for deeper discussions on other parts of Paul's autobiography um, Galatians 2 is the last half of his autobiography and... Oh yeah, yeah, talking about it there's many changes that I want to you know, present, and I'm presenting them, trying to prepare them in a scholarly fashion as well. But I put in a few clues here and kind of direct the conversation a little in that direction today. So we've covered, I think, pretty much the ideas we needed to, and unless you have some additional points to make on the passage.
1: Satisfying with uh, all that we have to say. Yes, yeah, anything. Uh, no, I, I totally am not in agreement to, to point number one, which is the purpose of mentioning where you're outlining, what some scholars think Paul is setting the foundation for a competition with Peter the next part of the Institute. I think mean, that's two, two separate events, actually. It's, it's no precursor. It's just, you
0: know. Right. The chronology. Paul's just presenting the chronology, and things land where they did in time.
1: Right. It's like an almost stream of consciousness,
0: but not. <laughs> right. Oh. All right, so we pretty much have a summary of ideas on Galatians 2, 1 through 10. It's been a good discussion. I think we can end it here, and forward to another episode. Absolutely. Okay, off.